flesh out the box. Stop, look and watch. Ready yet? Get set. It's all that. Heyo, welcome back to Thank Fucking God is Friday. I'm Drew. And I'm Katie. And today we're going to talk about a show that spawned, directly or indirectly, at least six different spinoffs. Oh, six. I could only think of four. What are the four that you can think of? Keenan and Kel, The Amanda Show, The Nick Cannon Show, and Good Burger. Good Burger's more of a movie, but you know. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> then I can think of three if you don't count Good Burger. Fair enough. Some other ones. There's Zoe 101 that had Jamie Lynn Spears from the later part. We're talking about the show All That. Should probably say that. <laughs> um, Zoe 101 actually led to the show Victorious. Uh, the Amanda Show came then to Drake and Josh, iCarly, and Sam and Cat. So kind of just a line of shows that all spawned because of <laughs> all that. Interesting. Well, I haven't seen any of those other ones that you mentioned. Actually, the only one, well, I had seen Keenan and Kel, and obviously we covered it a long time ago. Um, yeah. And I had seen The Amanda Show, but it wasn't one that I ever watched. I had never seen any of those other shows you mentioned, or that I had never seen Nick Cannon show either. I think you could also say like Kablam came from this too, I think. Did it? I don't think so. I don't know. Either way, <laughs> all that was a huge show for Nickelodeon. Yeah, it was such a cool show to watch, too. This was like, I felt the pinnacle of Snick. Like, it was what you came to Snick to watch. Because it was kids like yourself that were doing their thing. Like, they were being funny they were entertaining. There was the musical guests. Sometimes there were other celebrities. Like it was just like a cool show to watch. Right. I felt like everyone on the show was super cool and so funny. And they all just had their own like little niche of what they did. And when I look back and when I watched this now, it makes so much sense to me that Keenan has stayed on Saturday Night Live for so <laughs> long because like you can tell that he just loves doing this. Yeah, and when Amanda Bynes joined the show, I was like, oh, this is like, this is the thing that kids do. Like, this is like an option for kids. Like, that's so cool. And I was a little bit jealous as well, even though obviously I would never have uh, had any sort of talent to do this, nor would I have wanted to. But um, it was just like kind of a cool thing that kids had that to aspire to and have it be a real possibility for them. Right, which is wild that when apparently when they first made the pilot like it just sat for months because focus groups that they showed it to were like mm, i don't know if kids are gonna like this and <laughs> then nickelodeon gave them a shot anyway and clearly they made the right choice so i don't know if you know this but do you know if the pilot had musical guests in it I believe that the pilot had TLC as a musical guest. According to Wikipedia, TLC was on the pilot singing What About Your Friends? But I don't know if that was like the second episode or the pilot. I assume it's the pilot. 
Yeah, I mean, the musical guests were such a big part of it, and I think that that was a lot of the draw as well. Like, they had very big names as musical guests on this show. Yeah, season one, I looked at it, and season one was just, like, right up my alley. And it, I think it just makes sense more why I liked the show so much, because this is, like, the music I listened to. So TLC was on it twice. Uh, they also sang Creep one time on there, which is kind of weird for a kid show, but... Well, Blackstreet sang No Diggity, which is about putting on condoms. When did they sing that one? I know that in season one, they season sang something two. else. Okay. Um, DeBrat was on there. Immature. Brandy. Aaliyah. Uh, Coolio. Um, Usher. Uh, let's see. Naughty by Nature. Run DMC was on there, which was crazy. Um Gosh, there was some, but like as you went further and like got into it, like let's see, LL Cool J, Heavy D, they had a tribe called Quest. Um, Blackstreet was season three. Found that. There we go. But one of my favorite things is there's a couple of them. There's several different times where it says featuring Kel Mitchell and like Kel would join in uh, as <laughs> either care. One time he was Ed. But my favorite musical guest fact that I found out was on the hundredth episode, they're supposed to have Britney Spears and Busta Rhymes. But uh, Britney Spears got sick or something, and so they got Lauren Hill, which I feel like it, I love Britney Spears, but that's an absolute win to get Lauren Hill for your 100th episode. <laughs> yeah. Didn't Busta Rhymes do the theme song for Keenan and Kel? I think we talked about this. Coolio did the theme song. Oh, Coolio. Okay. Yeah. Well, once the show did get picked up based on that pilot, which may or may not have had a musical guest, it started airing on Nickelodeon beginning in April 1994. And like we kind of said, it was a bit of a Saturday Night Live for kids. It had a mix of short sketches and these musical guests. And it ran for six seasons originally through 2000. And then it had a revival in 2002 through 2005. And it actually just had another reboot starting last year in 2019. Yeah, I think, isn't Keenan the executive producer for the reboot? Yeah, and I think Kel Mitchell was just added as one as well. Nice. Yeah. Um, the original one went on hiatus because Dan Snyder, the guy who, I think I mentioned him before, was one of the showrunners for it, he like left the show. And basically he came back and retooled it. And that's how they brought it back in, in 2002. Oh, okay. He is in the show briefly. You, you probably know him as the manager of the good burger. Okay. That's who I thought it was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so we'll mention him later in one of the episodes that we watched. <laughs> For sure. Had to watch a good burger episode. Oh, of course. <laughs> So the cast consisted of a bunch of young comedic performers. Josh Server was the only cast member to stay on the show for its entire first run. He started when he was 15. Yeah. So since he was 22 when it ended? Uh, yeah, something like that. Okay. Yeah. He, I, I found it surprising that he was the one who had the most episodes to his name. Yeah. I mean, he definitely is one of the, people that I remember from the show, but I mean, for me, it's mostly Keenan. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I didn't, when I saw him, I remembered him, but I didn't remember him that much. Yeah. I just remembered, and I'm sure he gets this one every time, Ear Boy. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, and so Keenan, he stayed on through five seasons. He was about 16 when the show started, and so I did the math on that, because he does not look 16. Yeah, he does. You think so? In the very, very beginning? I mean, not when... We didn't. We started watching with season three, so... I don't know. I feel like he looked, like, about that age. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like in the really early episodes, he looks so much younger than 16. Eh, I guess so. And he, of course, went on to join the cast of Saturday Night Live. He was a featured player beginning in 2003 and then became a full cast member in 2005. And he's still on the show today. Yeah, he's the longest running main character or main actor on the show, isn't he? Like yeah, of all I time? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think the next would be like Fred Armisen. Yeah. I'm not totally sure how long either of... Well... Keenan's been on for, I think, 14 seasons, um, not including the featured years. Right. So that's so long. <laughs> yeah. And then Kel Mitchell, he was also on through five seasons, and he was 15 when the show started. And Keenan and Kel, the show, was on while they were also doing all that, which sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, I was reading an interview with Kel, and... He talks about the like how Keenan and Kel kind of got started and all of that stuff. And basically, he's like, well, one year we were kind of going on hiatus from, from, from the show. And they're like, hey, you guys are going to stay here. You're not going to go home. You're going to film a pilot <laughs> for Keenan and Kel. And they're like, cool. And so they just did that. Basically, they were just found that they had... Um, that kind of chemistry together, especially when they were doing like uh, Mavis and Clavis and like their old characters and stuff. And mm-hmm. in the interview, Kel says that he remembers they were introducing TLC one of the times and they kind of just had like some improv banter back and forth and the crowd really got into it. And so they, they kind of just ran with it and started doing more sketches and stuff together. Nice. Well, it worked out for them. <laughs> yeah. Um, next we have Lori Beth Denberg. She was the oldest. She joined the show when she was 18 and she stayed for four seasons. I always knew that she was the oldest. She looked the oldest. Um, and she always played like teacher characters and stuff like that. Yeah. She was less, I mean, she did some physical comedy, but I felt like hers was more like witty stuff than everyone else. She left because she felt like she was too old for the show. And, uh, but I mean, I remember watching her on, she's on the Steve Harvey show. I know that because I yep. remember seeing her on there. Um, but she was discovered after winning a drama competition at her high school. Wow. Who was at that? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> That's crazy. Elisa Reyes, she was on the show for three seasons. She was 13 when it started. Oh, geez. I don't have a lot of clear memories of her on the show. I mean, to me, she was always there, but a little bit more in the background. I don't remember specific characters of hers. Yeah, that's yeah, that's about right. <laughs> but Katrina Johnson, who was 12 at the start of the show, she definitely has a memorable character for me, which is Ross Perot. <laughs> I feel like when I was a little kid, I had a crush on her. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, so she left partway through the third season and was replaced by, I think her name is Trisha. She was in one of the episodes that we watched, 
But Trisha she was Dixon. not familiar at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Angelique Bates, she was on for the first two seasons. She was the first one to leave the show. And she was 14 when she started on it. So she would have been about 16 when she left. And she was replaced by Amanda Bynes. Yeah. She, um, in her audition, did an Urkel impression, which she then got to do on the show. But that's yeah. what <laughs> secured her the thing. And I, she was Mandy, right? From Cooking with Randy and Mandy? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we watched one of the sketches that has cooking with Randy and question mark. And I was like, question mark, where's Mandy? Yeah, there was that point where they tried to find a replacement for Mandy. Not the same. Well, we'll talk about it. (laughs) Um, And then, like I mentioned, um, Amanda Bynes, she joined the show in season three. She was 10 years old. And I think she stole the show, honestly. She was so funny. Oh, yeah. She was so great. It's no wonder, like, they gave her her own show and stuff. Yeah, and I think that also had a little bit of overlap with all that. I think there was about a year where she was doing both. Maybe. I did not look into that. Yeah. And then we had some other notable cast members who came in later. Uh, Danny Tamborelli from The Adventures of Pete and Pete was on there for three seasons. Mm-hmm. Love him. We also had Nick Cannon. He was first a featured cast member for the fifth season and then a full cast member for the sixth season. I It's like I remembered he was on the show, but I completely forgot he was on the show. I don't think I was watching the show at that point. Oh, too cool. <laughs> I just don't think that it was part of my lineup anymore. I know that he was on there and I was like tangentially aware of who he was, but yeah. And then we had uh, Gabriel Iglesias. Yes, which I didn't remember him being on the show at all. I just knew him from stand-up comedy. But then I went back and I was like, oh, yeah, a couple of these skits. But I don't know. He was just on for the year 2000. So did you have any favorite recurring characters? I mean, I loved the Ask Ashley ones. I love the Good Burger. Ed from Good Burger, obviously. And I loved the cooking with Randy and Mandy. Like, I, I loved all of those. Those are the ones that stood out in my head, and that's kind of why I picked the episodes I did. Um, the other ones that I saw on here, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that now. But, like, they weren't in they weren't in my head, I guess. Yeah. I remember a lot of super dude ones and Repair, repair man, 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 man. <laughs> I did like Repair Man. Yeah. And Everyday French with Pierre Escargot. Oh, yes, of course, in the bathtub. (laughs) And I think there was Detective Dan, which he was kind of like a bumbling detective, but that was a Josh Server one. And I don't remember that one as well. It doesn't stand out quite as much, but definitely his ear boy character, like you mentioned. And then Kel was Pizza Face, right? I think so, yeah. But yeah, the Ross Perot one. (laughs) So do you remember when Ross Perot was running for president? Only because of this show. (laughs) Um, Well, I want to say that this show was after that. Okay. Well, I don't know because I wouldn't have been paying attention to presidential elections. I wasn't. Well, I wasn't. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't care. So I remember seeing some picture of Ross Perot when I was really little and our class in second grade had like 
an election where we voted for who we wanted to become president. And I voted for Ross Perot because of his weird ears. And then later it became, I saw it on all that, how they like basically inflated that feature of him and made it part of Katrina's character for Ross Perot. And Mm. it was valid. Okay. (laughs) So the only other thing that I wanted to bring up was that at the end of the sixth season, which was kind of an abbreviated season, they did the All That Music and More tour. Okay. I don't remember this at all. Do you remember anything about this? Not even remotely. So it started in June of 2000 and I think went through September And it had cast members doing sketches and then a bunch of musical performances and stuff. And I actually saw it at the Gorge here in Washington. (laughs) Who are the musical guests? You will not even believe this. Okay. 98 Degrees. Okay. Monica. Mm Mm-hmm. Tatiana Ali. Okay. Third Story, who I don't know who that is. Nope. No Authority, also don't know who that is. No. Aaron Carter. I'm sure he's saying Aaron's party at least once. <laughs> I'm sure. And our favorite, Bewitched. Oh, geez. <laughs> no hip hop, really. No, no, no hip hop. But man, Bewitched. Yeah. I have so many pictures, like on a normal camera here in my house, that I took during that concert from way far back. <laughs> God, that's crazy. I I mean, I would have liked to have seen that. The One of the funny things at the beginning of this show, the oh, some executives at Nickelodeon wanted the show to steer clear of rap music. Like, didn't think it was good for them to be in the show. And then it just became so popular with, like, in relation to the show that they're like, all right, well, the ratings are up, so. Yeah, well, I think that the show did a pretty good job of – being true to what kids were listening to and not toning it towards Nickelodeon. Like, right. I think Nickelodeon had a very, I mean, there were aspects of it that were diverse, but this show was like, I think a real representation of what kids were into and what they saw every day. And, you know, there were, black cast members and white cast members working together. And like, I don't know, it just seemed like a good representation of what normal, normal kids were into and seen. It's definitely more diverse than a lot of shows at that time were. Yeah. Especially on Nickelodeon, I think. Yeah. Nickelodeon is a pretty white station at the time. Yeah. I mean, there was wild and crazy kids had Omar Gooding on it. But if that's all you can think of. Salute Your Shorts had Venus, I don't remember her last name, but uh, yeah, those are the two that come to mind the most. (laughs) Should we talk about the episodes? Sure. We chose two episodes, well, I chose two episodes from season three because they were the two episodes that had two skits I remembered more than any other that are still in my head for some reason. So the first episode we watched is... Depending on where you're looking, episode 346 or three, what was it, 310? Is or season just called, three, episode 10? <laughs> <laughs> or just called the Chris Farley episode, and it aired sometime in 1997. 
We had a very hard time finding these episodes. We ended up having to subscribe to a free trial for Nick Splat. <laughs> yeah, they are nowhere. And there's like no information about where to find them anywhere. No. Yeah, I have a subscription to Nick Hits on Amazon, but these two episodes were missing from that. Yeah, I noticed that because I looked on there too. And I was like, what? Why are these two not there? Whatever. doesn't matter. Give me 60 <laughs> seconds. I'm going to knock this one out. Okay. All right. 60 seconds on the clock. Three, two, one, go. All right. Our cold open is in the green room as usual, and Katrina has made a time machine. She has messed up, though. It doesn't send them back in time. It just makes them 10 years younger. Kevin, the stage manager, comes in. demands five minutes till the show. He may fixes things, except now he's young. They start the show. Cooking with Randy with special guest Chris Farley. I'm going to spend a lot more time on this later, but suffice it to say there's a lot of ketchup and a lot of chocolate. Uh, after that, we have some vital information with Lori Denberg, and the jokes are so dumb, but <laughs> they, I loved them. Uh, there's a skit with Coach Creighton, and he is on a blind date with an actress I actually love, Kim Whitley, who she's hilarious, uh, and I was just always a fan of Kel's physical humor. And then the last skit for this is Squash Boy, and it's kind of a throwaway, I felt like. Uh, and that kind of ends it. The musical guest was somebody, but they've been cut off. I think the musical guest was Nas. On the wiki, it says Mint oh, wait, that's Condition. The next one. No, the, I know the, oh. the, the one for the other one was Heavy D. Oh, right. Um, but I did see the Nas one. I almost picked that one too. So what was your favorite skit from this one? Well, my favorite was definitely the cooking with Randy and question mark. <laughs> yeah. So at this point they had, this is when Angelique Bates had been gone. And so they did a, a series of skits of it where they're trying to find a, a new co-host or different things, you know. I like how he looks in the mirror so that he has a co-host. Yeah. Chris Farley in this, this is nine months before Chris Farley passed away. And it's one of his last TV appearances, I think. I know wow. he hosted SNL like a few weeks before he passed away, but this is one of the last things he did on TV. Crazy. Do you know who Ketchup Boy is? No. <laughs> That's uh, Chris Farley's brother, Kevin Farley. Oh, Okay. I thought it was funny that they call him Ketchup Boy when he's clearly an older man. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, I forget if that's the brother. He's also on Curb Your Enthusiasm as an exterminator. It's, anyway, I watched this skit six times. Oh my God. <laughs> because I just had to watch all of the different things that they were doing. And like, just watching this, like, first of all, you can tell that Keenan is trying not to break the entire time. Yeah. He did a really good job not breaking, actually. I was impressed. Like, yeah. he gets right in his face. Oh, yeah. And Chris Farley is just being so animated. You can tell it's like it's almost like his um, Matt Foley character, the inspirational yeah. speaker. But he was just, I don't know. I just thought I remember that so much from just the mess they made. And apparently they only did that skit one time. They only filmed it once as opposed to doing multiple takes. 
All of the Randy and Mandy sketches were a mess. This one was definitely a huge mess. And right. it was a mess of ketchup and chocolate instead of just chocolate. But <laughs> but normally they would do like multiple takes and kind of oh, get okay. things. But they just did it one time because he made such a huge <laughs> mess. Like <laughs> what he was doing with that ketchup was insane. <laughs> so the sketch revolves around the fact that it's a cooking show about chocolate and Chris Farley plays, I think, Chef Harley. I think he's just Chef Farley. Oh, I thought he said Harley. Okay. Anyway, he makes this, like, really giant chocolate cake, and he's like, but it's missing something. And then he starts, like, spraying ketchup everywhere, which normally on the show, it would be that they're adding more chocolate. You know, the only thing I might add would be just a little bit more. I know, I know. Do you see he pours a bucket of ketchup onto it? Well, Keenan does that with chocolate, with the chocolate for the later. chicken. <laughs> yeah. Because after that whole debacle with the cake, Randy brings out some fried chicken. He says there's only thing one, one thing left and ketchup gets added to it by yeah. the chef again. But luckily there's another plate of chicken and Randy puts chocolate on it this time. Ketchup boy liked it and Chris was like, "You're yeah. never going to serve ketchup again." <laughs> yeah. But my favorite part was when the chef was yelling at Randy and was like You've been eating chocolate all your life, and all you have to show for it is a new crop of zits. I like. I think it was right after this. Like pretty soon, you're gonna wake up on Sunday morning after stealing grandma's mints. You're gonna be a chocoholic in rehab or something. So the mints. He says frango mints, and frangos are originated from here in Seattle. They were a dessert that started at a mall store or a department store called Frederick and Nelson. It went out of business a very, very long time ago. Um, and then it, well, in the eighties <laughs> and then it became the Bon Marche, which was then bought by Macy's and we still can buy Frangos today. And I guess there's a kind that are in the Midwest that are different. And most likely that's what they were talking about. <laughs> never, but, never, ever heard of these. Frangos are so good. I have a Frango container upstairs. There's nothing in it. It's just a tin. But you got to eat Frangos at Christmas time. I guess. <laughs> I just thought it was so funny that they were referencing something that I was so familiar with on this 90s TV show. And we ate them a lot in the 90s. A lot. The, uh, <laughs> the skit ends with Chris Farley slamming his face into the cake, which always made me laugh too yes it also ended with a thunderstorm where it started raining chocolate anyway that's the best skit <laughs> on this episode yeah vital information was fine i just want to say real quick about vital information it was always very short it was like 20 seconds long or something which was the right amount of time for it <laughs> right if they would have kept going, you'd be like, all right, that's enough. Because the jokes are dumb. They're meant to make, you know, little kids laugh. But yeah, I think it's a little bit like how Weekend Update is, where it's somebody at a desk and, you know, it's supposed to be like newsy, but it's not. 
It's like weird catchphrases. Like if your first name is Wally and your middle name is Wally and your last name is Woo, your name is Wally Wally Woo. It's like, what? (laughs) That's how long it should be. Yeah. (laughs) I don't have much to say about the Coach Creighton one other than I just always loved and appreciated Kel's physical humor. I'm the opposite. Oh, really? You didn't like it? No. Kel never really was that funny to me, even back then, and not now. Like, it was hard for me to watch this for some reason. I just didn't love it. See, I I don't know. I always Kel was always more my favorite. Hmm. And I think because he was, he was just so animated all the time. And I I just liked that. I liked his physical humor, like when he gets tossed out at the end. There's a distant Scrubs connection with Kim Whitley, the woman he's on a blind date with. So the Scrubs connection with her is that both she and Donald Faison, a.k.a. Chris Turk, were in uh, the Boondocks doing voices for the show The Boondocks. Um, so that's a distant connection. I have a better one <laughs> later, but okay. that's that's the, that's one of somebody who was in one of the episodes that we we watched. Okay, yeah. I mean, so with Coach Creighton, the sketch like they're at a Japanese like hibachi restaurant, and it involves him like burning his hand and having a shrimp flung into his eye and it burning his face and all this different stuff and like. I don't know. I'm not a big physical comedy person, so I think that's part of why I don't love it, but... That's all right. The last sketch, like I said, kind of a throwaway. Yeah, I was writing down all of the titles for these different sketches, and I was... I called this one Tomatoes. (laughs) I said Squash Boy skit. Yeah, and then I remembered vaguely that Squash Boy was a thing, but Squash Boy isn't actually even in it. So it's basically there is no squash boy like they're waiting for Kel to come on as squash boy. And then, yeah, that's it. That's it. And then there was no musical guest because copyright. Copyright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want to rate this one? Sure. I can go first. I thought this one was definitely elevated by the Chris Farley sketch. And also the fact that I just love anytime Randy and Mandy, even without Mandy, is on there. Mm-hmm. So that was great. And for some reason, that cold open with the time machine was really, really familiar to me. Like I had seen it recently, and I don't know how, because obviously we had a hard time finding these episodes. But I definitely feel like I'd seen it in the last year. So not sure how. So I think I'll probably give this one... Three chocolate-covered chickens out of five. Okay. Uh, I am biased because I don't know how I can still recall, like, that Chris Farley skit. Just, it's always in my brain. Even (laughs) when we said all that, that was the first thing that popped in my head was that skit. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm going to give this one four howdy-do-randos out of five. Nice. Both of us used references from that sketch. Of course. <laughs> um, before we get into the second episode here, I do have a better Scrubs connection. And this one is a an actor who is on Scrubs and all that. 
this was somebody that was on the revival that they did, and he was also just on one episode of Scrubs. That's it. Uh, he's the guy that played the Harry Potter uh, parody on all that, Kyle Sullivan. And he's in an episode of Scrubs where he is um, a piano player. His name's Brian. And Turk messes up during surgery, and he doesn't have he, – he can't use his hands anymore pretty much. They're like – oh. Turk messes up and like he lies to him I and it's like, oh, something went wrong. And then he comes clean and like tells him that, hey, I messed this up and I'm so sorry. And you can't yeah, be a concert re- pianist going to Juilliard anymore. I remember that vaguely, but hmm, interesting. And he was one of the main cast members? He was one of the main cast members on all that. Um, he, like I said, he did Harry, Harry Bladder was the name of the parody that they did for it he was on all that from 2002 to 2005 okay that's all that's my scrubs connection (laughs) all right should we do the next episode yes let's do that all right so this is we'll just call it episode 356 that seemed to be the most common numbering for it and again it aired sometime in 1997 exactly we got one minute on the clock for you. Ready? All right. Set. Go. Kelsey's a box on the floor for the cold open and gets in it, and then all the other cast members slowly get in it over time, and then Amanda picks up the box because they have to go start the show, and she takes it to the stage. Um, then we have Good Burger, and Ed is pup- petting a puppy that he had found on his way to work, and somebody goes and hides it, and then... Keenan comes in and they totally break character. Sherman Helmsley comes in and he is a food critic. They were told that a food critic would be coming. And when there's a whole bunch of confusion, obviously. And at the end of the sketch, he is given the puppy in a bag and then gets kicked out because he has a puppy. And then there's vital information Bradley is the next one. Bradley's a giant baby. It was really, really weird to watch. It was bizarre. And then there's Ask Ashley, which has Dr. Joyce Brothers, and they both yell at the people who write in. All right. Got got stuck on the Good Burger one, but it's okay. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, there's a lot to talk about there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you mentioned something that I wanted to actually say is they definitely, Keenan and Kel definitely break like the entire time. Kel, Keenan's trying not to laugh that whole time when they're doing that. Like as soon as he walks up to the counter, he's laughing. Yeah. And I don't know, you, you should go back and watch it. Look past Keenan. The people, like the extras who are in the table are just watching them and they are also like just cracking up. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this was Again, probably one of the better sketches. I think they start strong with this show, usually. Yeah. Like, they put more effort into whatever that first sketch is going to be. I mean, Good Burger ones were definitely, I think, the top tier for for the show, for sure. Yeah, and I definitely remembered one of the aspects of this sketch where Keenan says that he ordered a milkshake, but he was given a Good Burger, and so Kelp takes the burger and puts it into a blender to make the milkshake and then pours it into a cup. And I remember that so vividly, which it's so disgusting. (laughs) 
Then we have Dan Schneider as the manager uh, telling Kel to go home because the food critic, which Kel mistakes as food cricket, uh, which seems like a, a Charlie Day thing to do from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I love Sherman Hemsley as the food critic. He was great. Yeah. There's a lot of confusion because, I don't know, I think Ed, who's Kel's character, he just it's not even that he takes everything literally. It's that he just doesn't understand how words get strung together. So Sherman says that he's the food critic from the newspaper. And he says, I don't eat newspapers. Yeah. He's like, what would you recommend? Pizza. Okay, I'll have a pizza. And Cal goes to call the pizza place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when he says that he'll have the good burger and... Kels, or Ed says that it's $8 and he's like, that's awful high. And so he ducks down and talks slow. That'll be $8 <laughs> or he, eight bucks. Yeah. Eight bucks. He ends up giving him the dog and then they're like, that guy's trying to eat a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then the manager gets mad after he finds out that that guy was the critic, not the cricket. <laughs> and he kicked him out. So they're not going to get a very good review. <laughs> no. Did you ever watch the Good Burger movie? Of course I did. I don't think I did. You don't know the song, I'm a dude, he's a dude, she's a dude, and we're I all know dudes? That. I know that, but I don't think that I actually saw the movie. I mean, it's not good, but it's good. We should oh, watch we it didn't one time. Say, we didn't say the catchphrase from this sketch, Welcome to Good Burger, home of Good Burger, Can I Take Your Order? Has to come up. Kel said that he started developing the Ed character when he was eight years old. Oh, geez. Man, was he inspired, you know, by like Saturday Night Live or something like that? Like s developing characters doesn't seem like a thing that most kids would be drawn towards. I don't know. He said that he was just always like a class clown sort of person. Hmm. So his parents started steering him towards like theater and stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Then we have vital information. Nah. Again, it's very short. The only one I wrote down is, if a dog sniffs you, it's just because he wants to get to know you. If your friend sniffs you, you have one weird friend. Or you have a really nice friend who's willing to, you know, like smell your BO to tell you if you stink or not. <laughs> I guess. I liked Lori Beth, so we kind of did her dirty with these episodes that didn't really highlight her. But Yeah, <laughs> she wasn't, well, she was in the next sketch. But other than that, she wasn't really in any of them. Yeah. The only thing I really liked about the Bradley the Big Old Baby sketch was, well, there are two things. One, I liked Lori Beth also being a big old baby and Bradley being in love with her. <laughs> and I liked uh, Trisha Dixon, who was the blind date. I thought that her accent she did was hilarious for that. Like the... like Valley girl? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this one just made me so uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't like the idea of a grown man, because, you know, he was 18, I think, at this point. Yeah. Being a baby. <laughs> it it made me think of from, I think it's the pilot of Broad City, when Fred Armisen is a baby. 
I don't remember. If they're trying to get tickets to Lil Wayne and they need to make some money. And so they have to go like clean this guy's house in their underwear. And it's Fred Armisen. Oh. And he's like a weird dude. And then at the end, he like is wearing a diaper. He's like, I'm a baby. Yeah. And that is a thing that people do. Oh, it's so weird. <laughs> um, yeah. I didn't really like the whole part where Bradley was like, wants, Bradley wants a kiss, please. And they're like, just give him a kiss. Just just do it for him because he's screaming and he wants a kiss. And like she goes to kiss him on the cheek and he turns and kisses her full on the lips. Oh, yeah. That is definitely, assault. <laughs> that, wouldn't, uh, that wouldn't fly. No. And he orders three pounds of applesauce. Yeah, which is gross. <laughs> yeah. Then we have... Ask Ashley. That's me. Just Amanda Bynes is so great in this. But when you look at it now, it's kind of sad because like of all the shit she's gone through and stuff. And you're like, oh, man. Yeah, she definitely was one of those child stars who kind of spiraled. But the just like the anger that she, they had her show as Ashley with like these dumb kids who are just like, oh, <laughs> I try to call my grandma, but she doesn't hear me yelling. Oh, what do I do? Dear Ashley, that's me. <laughs> Dear Ashley, my grandma lives in New York, nearly 6,000 miles away from me. I try to call her every Sunday, but she never answers me back. I stand on my roof shouting, Grandma, Grandma, but I hear nothing. What should I do? <laughs> well, Chris, next time you want to call your grandma, use a stinking God, she would get so animated and angry. <laughs> and then Dr. Joyce Brothers walks in and is like, I'm a little concerned about the way you give advice. You're a little bit harsh. And then when Dr. Brothers answers a letter, she does the same thing. Because so the person the kid, doesn't know how to turn the lights on. Yeah. Turn on the stinking lights. Dr. Joyce lights, Brothers. Peter. I don't know what's darker, your house or your stinking head. I loved Ask Ashley back in the day. Yeah. I remember the very first time Ask Ashley came on, and this is my most memorable thing about all that period, actually, I think. She was answering a letter from a girl who her mom would always make her a peanut butter and jelly sandwich every day for lunch. I know what you're talking about. But she would about. always put... The peanut butter, I think, on top instead of the jam. And she was like, what do I do? And she's like, turn the sandwich over. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did actually watch that one the other day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is like completely my favorite one. I remember my sister and I just like dying watching that. Those are so good. I loved. I mean, yeah. Amanda Bynes was just so funny on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Can't believe she was only 10. Yeah, she had such good comedic timing. Like, I, such talent, you know. That's why I think it's so sad what happened to her. She just. The pressure from it all, probably. And I don't, I don't all, know probably. if she understands how sad it is. I hope she does. I don't know. I, maybe I don't hope she does, but. I mean, has she kind of. I haven't paid any attention. Has she, like, gotten better? I think better? she's sober now. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, she's had a lot of you know, plastic surgery and stuff. She has a tattoo on her face. Like, it's just sad to see. I don't know. Not that people can't do stuff like that. It's just, 
I don't think that she was doing it for the right reasons. Right. I think it was, you know, attention seeking and stuff, but on an unrelated note, uh, she's the man is a top tier movie. I have never seen that. It's so good. And what's the movie? Oh, easy. A she's in that. She's in that. She plays like a super religious girl. Oh, I think I've seen that one. I know I've seen what a girl wants. Okay. But I don't know. I loved Amanda Bynes. She's, she's great. Hopefully she gets whatever help she needs. Although, you know, it's the United States. We don't really help people if they're mentally ill. So, <laughs> yep. I don't even have a response to that because it's just true. <laughs> it's just too sad. It's <laughs> yep. too true. Um, should we rate? Yeah. Uh, I didn't like this one as much as the first one, but I did love, I like the Good Burger sketch and Ask Ashley sketch a lot, but I feel like Bradley the Big Old Baby just kind of drug the episode down for me too much. So I can't give it as high a score as the other one. I'm going to give it three and a half food crickets out of five. Good one. So I liked this one a little bit better than the last one. And I think that's because I liked the good burger sketch and the ask Ashley sketch. Whereas the last episode, I really only liked the cooking with Randy one. Uh So this one's a little bit better for me. And it does have some good cameos. You know, we have Sherman Helmsley in there. We have Dr. Joyce Brothers. It's not as memorable for me. Like, I don't... This isn't one that jumps out at me when I think about all that. Although some of these sketches are, like, obviously Good Burger and Ask Ashley. Mm-hmm. So I liked it, but it's not my favorite, favorite, favorite. I am still going to give it... I'm going to give it three and a half stinking lights out of five. Nice. That's it. That's all that. That is all that. That is all that. It's all that. Do we have any reviews to read? We do. So this is a nice and quick review from Disposable Double AUB. And he says, I love TFGIF. Five stars. I love this podcast. Drew and Katie are great hosts, and the topics are always so much fun. Any 90s kids will love this nostalgic podcast. Thank you. That that was quick. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, there's more. <laughs> nope. Nice and quick. So, yeah. Thank you for sending us a review. And... We would appreciate other reviews as well. So if you can go on iTunes or wherever and leave us a five-star review, it's very much appreciated. I like to read these and also read them to Drew since he doesn't have Apple, so he doesn't see them until we're actually recording. (laughs) Very true. And if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us at TFGIF Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. And you can send us email tfgifpodcast at gmail.com. It's always fun to get those. Oh, shoot. We actually did get one. Oh. Breaking, breaking news. Um, So this is actually from Nolan, who we read his review, I think, last week, maybe? Or, yeah, I think it was last week. And the subject of this is, you read my review on the show. 
<laughs> nice. So he says, thanks so much, Katie and Drew, for reading my review. I wasn't expecting to hear my review on one of your episodes. So like I said in my review, I was listening to the Power Rangers episode at work and then hear Katie say, this is a review from Nooner03. And I immediately started blushing and gasping. What a great surprise for a sh- dot, 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 crappy Friday. I really should have titled it better than one of the better 90s podcasts. It should have been something more like the podcast that reminds you being a kid in the 90s rocked. Thanks again and keep it up. All right. Well, now you have two things you weren't expecting to hear. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And actually, last week, I mentioned somebody in our Power Rangers episode that we had been talking about the Pink Ranger and how she got to be the Pink Ranger. And Mm -hmm. she texted me and was like, was that me? And so, yes, it was Brittany. (laughs) Okay. Nice. Well, what is next? A movie. Okay. Yes. Next time we're going to do one of my favorites, The Sandlot. You're killing me, Smalls. I hear that a lot. I've been told that a lot. I'm very short. Have you watched (laughs) The Sandlot? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I (laughs) I just wasn't the way you said it made me think like oh people have said this to me I don't know what it's from oh no 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 I used to have a you're killing me smalls shirt but it shrunk in the wash and I had to throw it away I do have one and I will be wearing it nice forever that movie is how I know who Babe Ruth Babe Ruth is <laughs> I couldn't think of his name for a second but Baby yeah. Ruthie. <laughs> All right. Well, that will be next time, um, but that wraps us up for this week. Yeah. All right. Until next time. Bye. Bye.